welcome back to the Can We Talk podcast. It's your boy DJ Price Miyagi, and I'm back with another one, man. I got a great episode for y'all. I got somebody in the building with us. Very special, special guest, and we got a lot to talk about today. Very inspirational story, and we're going to get into her story. Y'all show a round of applause and show some love to my girl, Shalomar. How you doing, Mama? How you feeling? I'm good. Feeling good? Good, yeah. Feeling great? Yeah. Feeling good. Excited to feeling be here. Great. I'm glad you're here. It's been a minute. You know, we've been talking about getting you here. We finally got you here, and yeah. I definitely want to get into your story. I want to talk about your story in, in detail. But before we get into that, I like to always ask my guests, um, you know, how you feel about the vaccination, and are you vaccinated? If you don't want to disclose it, you don't have to, but I just like to ask. Um, I am vaccinated. Okay. Um, I definitely think that... It's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. I chose to get vaccinated. One, if I get COVID, I would right. like I would like to survive. Right. I have a Fight son. Chance, I have right? a son to, right. to live for that mm-hmm. needs me, and also um, I would rather not get. I am pretty careful just because he can't get vaccinated. Well, he can now, but right. um, I do think it should be a personal choice. I, I agree. I don't sit back and argue and debate with people. Like I love you if you're vaccinated, and I love you if you're not vaccinated. Right. Right. So, so let me ask you, which one did you get? Pfizer. Pfizer. Okay, yeah. I got the Moderna. How you say that? Moderna. Moderna. How you say it? Moderna. I Was actually right? chose to get Pfizer. Why? So everybody I know that got Moderna got, had a really bad side effects. For real? Yeah. I didn't have none. Really? Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I didn't. I got really tired and thirsty the next day. That's fine. I was tired. I didn't have the fatigue. I will say that. I had uh, some fatigue. I didn't really get sick like that. I know I've heard people who have, actually on both, uh, but... Um, I didn't, I didn't have, no, if I recall, yeah, just probably tired. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. My arm hurt. My arm hurt, I feel like I got socked. It it hurt. The first shot, second shot, not so much. It didn't feel like nothing. Like, I I, I was like, okay, no effects, no nothing. But that first shot is where it really got me. But, yeah, I am fully vaccinated as well. Um, How you feel about the booster? Think about doing that one? I'm not doing it. You're not going to do it? No. No? Yeah, they saying it's it's, it's, uh, recommended. It's not required. So that's a good thing. Um, I think I may do it. I've yeah. been thinking about it. I think I may do it just to have that extra I protection. I don't. I don't think. I just think. I just feel fine. Like I don't think. I'm not like against it, but right. I'm. I'm not motivated enough. I haven't heard enough. Like, hey, you have to do this, or you're, it's gonna. You're gonna get COVID. You can get it anyway. That's a fact. You know, but it's crazy what people I'm had a mindset convinced. of. Like, if you get the shot, you can't get COVID, and that's not really true. We know that. Right. You can get COVID. You can still spread COVID. Mm-hmm. It's just more so to protect yourself. Like it's an individual choice because it's only going to protect you. You getting yeah. a shot doesn't protect nobody else but you. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So that's good. But I'm glad you're vaccinated. I like to hear that because I'm definitely with. Just trying to do my part. Okay. Trying to do my part. Do your part. Do your part. Do your part. But yeah, that's what's up. So besides all that, let's talk about, you know, um, your story. And I also want to start from the beginning. So like, okay. are you from Portland? Are you from somewhere else? Were you born and raised here or somewhere else? So I was born here. Okay. Um, I lived here till about the third grade. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up by moving to California. My aunt and uncle and my grandparents raised me. Mm-hmm. So I grew up on a horse ranch pretty okay. much most of my childhood. Um, and then I moved back here. My freshman year, and I've been here ever since. How was it living on a horse ranch? Um, I literally have had every animal you can imagine. Mm. Um, I was in 4-H and FFA, and I had my first pony when I was five. Okay. Um, I've been in rodeos. I've been in horse shows. Wait, um, wait, you've been in rodeos and yeah, horse shows? I used, yeah, I used to barrel race. Okay, look at you. Um, been in horse shows. I've showed steers. I've raised sheep. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it was oh, pretty so you, dope. Hands on. My, my people always talk about like, wow, you work so hard in your work ethic. And um, when you live on a ranch, mm -hmm. you work. So I've been bucking hay since I was 11. And you get up at five in the morning and you literally go feed your cows and your horses. And then you go get dressed for school and then you come home and you do your chores. And so my worth ethic is a lot. It's just embedded in me. It's a lot different than somebody that's from the city. I see. I see. That's crazy. I never, I never met anybody who grew up on the farm. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Now, when did you move back to Portland? My freshman year. Freshman year. High school. High school you go to? Roosevelt. Northside, Roosevelt. Yeah, rough Rider. Okay, Rough Riders. Yeah. Okay, I'm a yeah. grand general. Generals, you know what it is. <laughs> Northeast, you know what it is. That's dope. That's dope. So what brought you back to Portland? Um, so my parents were, they had their own things going on. My dad um, was incarcerated. Mm -hmm. I was about 14. Okay. My mom um, ended up getting a recovery and she was, she was doing her thing and she was like, hey, you guys want to come back? And so, you know, I decided to come back. Dope, dope. Yeah. So was you raised by your father? No, my dad was in prison. Oh, for about 14 okay, years. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. 14? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Man, what do you go to jail for? Um, he was a hothead. He was I a hothead and made some decisions and, right. you know, had to suffer the consequences. And he's been out for what? I'm almost 40 now, so he's been out for a while. Okay. And now he owns his own pressure washing company here in Portland. Okay. Um, I think he's the only black-owned pressure washing company here. That's and he's dope. doing really well. Yeah, overnight pressure washing company, you know, doing really well, hiring felons and giving back to the community. Mm, okay, I like that concept. Yeah. Okay, I'm a felon as well, so I definitely I definitely like hearing that. Yeah. Because it's definitely tough when you got a felony, man, a lot of doors close on you. Um, and it's crazy because that's how the system is set, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, you go to jail, you may do your time, or you a probation, whatever they give you as far as a consequence for your action. And you think, okay, when I'm done with that, I should be able to just pick up where I left off, you know, yeah. beforehand. But it's never that. It's always a hurdle or two. So when you hear people that are actually giving felons a chance and then we get the opportunities to be able to feed their families or put themselves in position to do better, mm -hmm. then that's always a good thing. Yeah. So you see your father for that. That's dope. Yeah. That's crazy. So let's talk about it. So after high school, What'd you do? Did you go to college? Did you? No, no, I didn't go to college after high school. I actually, um, I actually didn't finish high school. So I would say around sixteen, I kind of went left. Okay. I went real left. I didn't go kind of left. I went real left and okay. um, started hanging out with the wrong people. Um, probably for like that, like between sixteen and seventeen, I was pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Um. I had my first drink of Cisco at 16. You know, Cisco. Cisco. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Cisco. I got it from Jax. <laughs> Everybody you know. get their drink from Jax. <laughs> That's um, dope. And then when I was about 17, I met a guy mm -hmm. and um, his family like took me in and uh, he, they were from Fiji. Okay. So a completely different culture, completely different kind of love. And it right. was like almost like this genuine love that I had never experienced as a family. Like, you know, mm. yeah, I was raised by my grandparents, stuff like that. But like when you grew up in a logging community, there's not a, like a lot of affection and a lot of love. It's like, I love you right. and let's, let's do this, you know? So that was different. So um, I ended up living with them. I got back into school and it was our senior year. And so we applied, he played basketball. And so he was going to Arizona to go to college and I was going to go down there and, um, he got really sick. Mm. And so we were like, okay, what's going on? And we took it to these to doctors and they're like, oh, well, it's acid and it's this and that. And so finally we took him to OHSU and they're like, well, we're keeping you. Something's wrong. And literally the next day he, um, he had leukemia. And so that was September. Mm -hmm. And then by the time he turned 18, January 7th of that year, 
and died February 5th. Oh, wow. And like instantly, like, so I dropped out of high school. Um, I became like a ghost, mm. like just like a shell. I disappeared. I did, probably didn't see my parents or any for about a year and a half. I just disappeared. I went to California and Vegas and did the circuit and ran around and just wasn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't coherent. Right. I wasn't like my whole life had been destroyed, you know, right. um, I'm really big on faith and I love God. And so I was very angry with God and just kind of like, you know, like, and angry at him too. Like you left me, like everybody else left me. Right, and so there right. was this huge cycle. Um, and I ran around, I was about 23. Mm -hmm. I landed in prison. Okay. So yeah, but, okay, yeah. <laughs> we definitely want to get into that. Um, so let me ask you, so just before we get to that, so I, you know, losing him and I definitely want to say, you know, my condolences to yeah. you. Um, you say it just took you to a to a different mindset. Like, mm -hmm. how was it being in that kind of dark place in that moment? Um, you know, now, like when I think there's a lot of things that and I think now now that I really can I know what trauma is and mm -hmm. I can identify trauma. Mm -hmm. I don't remember probably from the time I was 16 to 23. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember pieces of that that time, but I don't remember a lot of events. I don't remember. And there's a lot of trauma that happened and that and I was living in trauma. And so um now that I can identify that, but very dark, mm. very dark. Now that I look back and I do remember some stuff, I'm like, I did that. Right. You know, I, I, I did that. And so a lot of, um, definitely I, I can identify with people that have mental health issues and have right. like, because I mean, anything can make you check out anything, you Thanks. know, that's Thanks. why I see people walking up and down the street. Like that could be me. And mm -hmm. that, that could have been me I, just because it's so anything, anything turning that, that trauma. So sure. what was the craziest thing you did in that moment? Um, the craziest thing that I can say. That <laughs> you can say, absolutely. Anything. Um, I definitely um I pistol whipped my boyfriend. Uh oh. Yeah. I was and that's still like outside of my character. Like I definitely remember um just being very it, it, I was with him at the time, being very angry. Mm -hmm. Um and he had called my mom and he's like, I don't know what's going on with her. And I literally became like this different person, like a different mm -hmm. look on my face. And um, he was sleeping and I just like, I lost it. And so um, we broke up after that. Is but that nowhere? You just, I, I'm no. mad right now. I'm just... No, it was just an argument. It was, but it was just like a regular argument. It mm -hmm. wasn't like, it, but something for me. It was a switch that hit and yeah. just put you and in And then literally area. from the time I was 20 to about 23, I probably fought at least a couple, I've probably been 86 from almost every club in Portland. Like I would just fight and throw bottles and it was just like, um, so oh, you a I probably owe a lot of apologies to people like, you know, for <laughs> sure that a lot yeah, of, absolutely. a lot of anger that mm -hmm. was put out on somebody else that absolutely didn't deserve that, right, you know, right. for sure. But I don't, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't even know that I had it. Right. Right. But you know, so. So how'd you get help with that? Like, did you just one day just like, you know, I'm a. Go get some help, see somebody, no. talk to somebody. <laughs> was this a journey for that? Um, no. So 2006, March 2006, mm -hmm. I was leaving a club mm -hmm. and I was um, on Columbia Boulevard. And I had, I had somebody in the car with me and she, I hit 115 going down Columbia. And I went over the railroad tracks and the ball bearings on my car broke. Mm -hmm. And so I remember seeing a street sweeper. And I remember kind of going around a turn, like where the villa is. Mm -hmm. And then my car started spinning and I rolled down the hill and I flew out of the car. Um, and when I woke up, 
all my ribs were broke, my collarbones were broke, um, my wrist was broke, they had stitches on my ear, and I fractured a vertebrae in my neck. Oh wow! And um, then they had to cut her out, and she she almost died. Like mm. it was it was bad. It was it was really really bad. And so that was in March. Um, I still didn't slow down. I didn't. I was I was in the bar with a cast and like a neck brace, and I was still just just a disaster, just in a really bad place. Mm. You know, a really sad person. And so um, I was driving that September from Acropolis. I was getting some steak bites. Oh, my God. That is my favorite place to go get my steak bites. Listen, the A-crop. Yeah, so I was getting my steak bites. And I got pulled over. Uh And um, the cop was like, you have have a warrant out for your arrest. Mm. And it was a measure 11. And I was like, I know I ain't be nobody up that bad. I got right. a measure 11. Like, no. And so I ended up getting picked up in Clackamas. And I stayed there for the weekend. Mm. And they moved me over. And they told me what it was for. And I got out. And I ended up going to prison that following March for that for the car accident. So I got charged with an assault, too, and so a DUI. That, so the party that... You hit somebody and... No. So they charged an assault against the girl that was in the car with me. Ah. Yeah. So did she file against you? Is that what happened? Not at first. Okay. Not at first. Um, no, not at first. It was just the prosecutors, but I don't know, like, you know, I don't, I'm not mad at her. I'm not angry or anything right. like that. Be just because um, prison saved my life. Right. So ultimately, thank you. Right. You know, prison definitely saved my life. So like you would talk about, like, did she just like flip or like, 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 cause I know I sometimes they can be the case and, but you guys were together course we were together and she dared me that i wouldn't go over 100 miles an hour Mm. and i did so you know people make choices and i made a choice now that i'm older and i can hold myself accountable you know i made that choice for sure Mm -hmm. i've never i've done a lot of things with people too and you know i've never went and did anything like that right i wouldn't go to court one day to say hey i'm gonna cooperate with this whole situation Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that because that's not cool. And me and, yeah. Wow. So let's talk about it. So when did you go to prison? Um. So March 2007. 2007? Mm-hmm. How long did you do? 20 months. 20 months? Yeah. Okay, almost two years. Yeah. So that was your first time ever going to prison? To prison, yes. Yeah. County time before then? Oh, lots. Yeah, yeah. County time is different. <laughs> Definitely different. So going to prison, how was that experience? Like, kind of um, break it down, like, your first time going, like, were you nervous? Were you scared? When you, you know, how you, when you got there, how did you adapt? So I was pretty, like, I was just a different person. I was very, um, very arrogant, mm-hmm. very arrogant, very, um, I had this grandiose personality. Like, you're sending me to prison? Like, I talk proper and I talk this. And at this time, they labeled me as a gang member. So now mm-hmm. I have to go to prison and be incarcerated in a cell and not go over to minimum. And so it was, um, I was very angry. I think I was more in shock probably for the first 30 days. Like you actually put me, me of all people, like I'm this nice girl and I wasn't nice, you know, but in my head, like look how proper I talk and look how, and not even really um, accepting who I was. I didn't even know who I was, you know, it made no sense to you. No, nah. no, no mm. sense whatsoever that I could even end up, you know, I'm the girl that grew up riding horses, mm. not running the streets, you know, so it definitely um, was, it was different. It took me a while to adjust for sure. So how was it like, so like when you, now you're in there, you're adjusting, like how was life there? Like, like 
how did you maintain the time there? Like, did you just kind of get lost in like books or school or just like, I love, I love to read. And I I did rediscover reading. Um, I started to go to church Mm -hmm. and just to get out of my cell, like just to get out of my cell. Every Wednesday I would go to church. And the more I went to church, the more I started to like, I started to cry. I went through this like phase of like crying in the shower. Um, like it became real. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I remember the very first song that kind of hit me. It was uh, Marvin Sapp, Never Would Have Made It. Yes. That's my go-to song mm-hmm. literally like till this day. Mine too. Um, yeah. And I was just like, wow. Like it was almost like every choice and every dark moment mm-hmm. hit me. You know, it just it had kind of all hit me. And then I started to evolve into like, okay, well, well who am I? Like, what do I want to do? I'm 23. Mm-hmm. This is not how I was raised. I would have never ended up here. And so mm-hmm. um, I started reading. I started working out a lot. I decided to get my GED when I was in there. And I think, so my first year was day for day. There was no good time, right. nothing like that. So I wasn't eligible for any programs. But in my head, I'm like, I'm going to boot camp. Right, and, right. <laughs> but I mean, if I went to boot camp, then I would have got kicked off for fraternizing. I'm just mm-hmm. going to, that's, I would have. And so they created this program in there that was a cognitive thinking program. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I couldn't go to treatment because I didn't do drugs. Um, and I was like, but I can pretend to be an alcoholic. I have a DUI. Like, because it's six right. months and you're out. Like, they're right. letting you, you know, you're letting you they're out. They're trying to find any, right. any way to finesse yeah. this. And they would in. not let me in anything. <laughs> right. And so finally, um, I got accepted into this cognitive thinking program. And mind you, at this time, I'm still like, I want to do right, but I'm still this huge manipulator. I'm, I'm right. still like... I just want out. I want out. I've been working out. I'm, I don't know. I look good. I just let me out, you know? Right. So um, I got this counselor and it was this like, it was a white guy. Let mm-hmm. me, and I'm like, oh, I'm really about to manipulate you. You, you see me? I'm going to manipulate, you right. know, and that's what I'm thinking in my head. Um, that white man literally changed my whole life. Mm. He used to call me out on everything. Like you're codependent. And I'm like, I'm like the most, I've been surviving by myself since I was five, you know, right. like, right. and so really, um, he challenged me. He challenged, mm. he challenged my faith. He challenged, um, who I was, my integrity, you know, mm. he's like, you don't have any integrity. You don't value anything mm. or anybody. And like, I, he, we would have these battles and then I would have to go sit on my bunk and, and look at myself. And, and that's ugly. And people don't like to do that. Mm-mm, not at all. And I didn't, Mm-mm. I still have to do that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it ain't fun. It's, I have, I have some ugly parts of me. And so, um, I did that for six months and I walked out of there. Shalomar, like I literally like walked out this whole different person and I never looked back. That's dope. That's yeah, but it dope. was, it was hard. I believe you. I believe that. Like, did you make a lot of friends in there? Or did you? I did. I still have, um, I think I have like three or four friends that I met in there mm-hmm. and literally like some of them have been back um, and some of them haven't. And from all walks of life, like some of them were in there for robbery and meth. And like, I met some really great women in there. Right. I did. I met some really great women in there. I can see that too. And like, and I've, I've done a little jail time myself and I met some good people as well. And it's crazy that you meet some very articulate people in jail. Yeah. You meet some real good people in jail. These make some bad choices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, those bad choices is what hangs over our heads. And that's all people see. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's hard to break that barrier for somebody to see you for who you really are. And it's sad because I see a lot of good people that, you know, get the shit in the stick because yeah. of some bad choices they made in life. You know, but... Speaking of that, you made a bad choice. I did. You made a turn for the best. Now you released. What was the first thing you did? Get some Popeyes? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, 
it was weird because like you think like 20 months a lot of things don't change right and um my mom picked me up and she like I went and got a phone and it was weird it was like for the first I would say the first 30 days and I don't really like it took me a while to admit that like I had a lot of anxiety, almost like full-blown panic attacks. And I and it just like, what am I supposed to do? I, mm-hmm. I went to a halfway house. I chose to go to a halfway house. I could have went to my parents' house, but I was like, nope. Like, I knew that in order for me to do the right thing, I needed structure and right. I needed to stay in this box. And so Ross used to be like downtown. Mm-hmm. And I remember freaking out. And I literally went and sat in the bathroom in Ross, probably like my second day out for about 30 minutes. And was just like, what am I supposed to do with this freedom? You know, what am I supposed to do? Because now people know I'm out and their right. social media. I didn't have, I didn't, they didn't have social media when I was out, you know, but what am I supposed to do? Right. But I had already enrolled in college. So I had that coming up. Um, I was also had a 90 day program to where if I messed up one time, I went back to finish my time. And mm. so like, I'm not jaywalking. Right. I'm not even looking at anybody crazy. Like right. if I ever beat you up, I'm sorry. Like you can slap me and I'll walk away. I'll like walk away. Right. we're cool. Yeah. You know? And so really like the first 90 days was very stressful. Mm. It was very stressful, but I did it. I did it. And now, now with that, did you just have a nice support system or is it just one of those things you just kind of sink and swim with it? Um, I think, so I had a support system, but I also, I do really well with the sink or swim. Mm. I, I, I do really like, I do really, really well off that. I do really well with structure. Mm. Um, but I did have, I met a lady in there, actually the church service that I was going to, her name was Nike Green. Um, she's amazing. Her and her husband have a church over off Lombard. I salute to them. Yeah, su- super amazing. And till this day, literally like I can go to them and she's going to challenge me, but she's also going to love me. And right. um, she's she's phenomenal. She's She knows what it's like to be a black woman and go through things mm-hmm. and make it on their side. And she is, she's, she's my person for sure. When I look at her, I, that's, I'm like, okay, I want to be when I grow up, not you, but I, she <laughs> definitely exemplifies what, what it means to be spiritual and whole as, as a mom and a woman and a wife. And she's dope. And so I have, I've had her, um, my mom, my mom is in recovery. She now owns a nonprofit for sex trafficking. So she okay. does a lot of work with that. Um, my PO was great. Right. So I kind of like, but I just, I really made the decision to get out and just like, I'm going to do the right thing. And I think it was more to prove everybody wrong than mm-hmm. actually like, okay, I really want to do this. It was more like, no one, I'm not ever going back there. Right. But um, I'm going to prove you wrong. Cause everybody like, she's going to go back. She's going to fuck up. And that's for everybody that gets out. Like that's what people are really thinking. They just sit back and like, okay, are you, are you going back yet? You got a PV yet? You know? It's crazy that you say that because when I, you know, I did my little um, county time. You know, I ain't even been in no prison, but I did some county time. But my first time, and that's all it took was one time for me. <laughs> and it was like a small, like 30-something days or something like that. So they had this CEO um, named Scott. I don't know if you know who that is. He was downtown. Uh, and um, no, at Inverness. No, no. He's down there. Either way, this guy, Scott, he kept telling me, you're going to come back. You're going to come back. I was like, man, you don't know me, bro. Yeah, I promise back. you I'm not coming <laughs> back. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even have been here if I wouldn't have had a violation. But now that they got me here and I got yeah. and I see what's going on, they're like, oh, the pen is better, though. I'm like, I don't even want to know how better the pen is. But I do know this. Better. Once I get out, that's what everybody said. <laughs> once I get out, I'm never coming back. And he was telling me all the time, you're going to be back. You're going to be back. Man, I ain't been back since. And this was back in 2005. Wow. And I ain't been That's back dope. since. Congratulations. Yet. Yeah, I was like, that was enough for me. I sat in there for 30 something days and I just was like, oh, no, buddy, buddy. That's enough. They said, okay, you can go home. I said, yeah, I'm, I'll never be back here. 
I walked in straight and narrow sense. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I, I, I can do the crime, but I can't do the time. Yeah. That's when I knew that. I, that's what that showed me. So I was like, I got to make some adjustments. That's dope. Um, so now that you're out, you adjusted, you got your support system. Um, so like, what did you decide to do at that point? Was it, Hey, let me get my education on or let me get my work on. Like, like you're in a new place, you know what I'm saying? Everything's new right now. Cause you've been gone for a couple of yeah. years. The world's maybe looking a little different, you know, I might be not too much, but I mean, it gotta be something. I mean, yeah. And, um, it was, it was different. I definitely, um, I knew I wanted to go to school. Right. And so when I got out, um, definitely went to try. So I literally, um, I got out and I met my son's dad. This literally the same day I got mm-hmm. out, um, and ended up, uh, in a relationship and mm-hmm. going to school and going to work. Um, and I got, I had my baby who okay. was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Anybody knows me, they know like that is like, he oh, yeah. is, he is my pride and joy, everything. Yes. Um, yes. And so really, so then that, that actual relationship didn't end. Um, we're definitely, um, we're on good terms. Uh, right. he, I learned a lot from him. I learned how to pray out loud from him. I never mm-hmm. knew how to pray. And so, um, I went through that. And so then here I am with this little baby who's a month old and I was working at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even been out a year. I hadn't been out a year. Yeah. I was working at McDonald's, going to school at PCC and I was in their alcohol and drug counseling program mm-hmm. and quickly figured out. And I was like, no, this isn't for me. Like, I don't right. want to do this, but I knew that I wanted, I always knew I wanted to give back. Like I knew I wanted to do something. Like, I, I love the I have a heart for the homeless. Right. Um, I love ministry. Um, I can't be a preacher. I cuss like a truck driver. <laughs> I knew that wasn't possible, but, um, I could never get like a really good job, even being educated. So I finished PCC and then I went to Warner Pacific and it was always, um, yeah, you're educated and my application, everything looked great, but I could never make it past the application stage because I have a person to person crime Mm. and it's a car accident. Right. So, but it was automatically, um, no, I couldn't, I had horrible apartments. I had like, it was just really, Mm. really hard and really discouraging. And there were lots of times where I just wanted to be like, well, fuck it. Like, why am I even trying to do good? What's the point? Right. Nobody wants to help me. And so um, I finally um, got in. Like, if I could get in front of somebody and they could see that I'm human and, hey, this is why I have this assault and this is what happened, mm-hmm. then a lot of times then there was a little bit more. They would still, like, have some empathy. But right. but our policies say right. we can't hire you. Insurance so, um, can't cover you. And right. All that stuff. Yeah, I know. I've been through all that. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I went through that for, and even they say like after five years, it falls. No, it doesn't. Like, I think that I dealt with that probably for a good eight years. Yeah. You know, and I have, I'm educated. And at this point, like I've never been in trouble. I'm a, you know, I'm a great mom. You see me in the community. My resume is impeccable. Like, and still assault. No, we're having 10 years for a door to start opening for me from the time I got got in 03. So yeah, it was about 2000. Yeah. 10, between 10 and 12 is when things start really freeing up. Okay, yeah. I can do some stuff. Now. I never, I never, I never went back. I still never, I just, I'm not going to jail. Nah. Like I'm not doing it. And I knew that my son would have a life that I didn't, I didn't know what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that he, he would have his mom. I know that I knew that he would have unconditional love and I just kept going and I've been working and working and grinding and grinding. Um, I got married I get married. Oh my gosh. 2015. Got married. It's <laughs> yeah, been so, I got married. Uh, it's been so long again? ago. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and that um, lasted. You, so you think growing up that I'm never going to 
I'm never going to be with an addict and I'm right. ne- and I'm terrified of drugs. Like I, I watched my mom and a lot of people were in that mm. house and like, I like, I'm literally like drugs terrify me. And so I was always very like, you do drugs? No, we can't like right. not even nothing. Like right. you drink too much. Nope. Um, and so I got married I met somebody in church and go. got married. And um, I think that like, there's in this this single season, like just because you're single and you're in church and you're stuff, doesn't mean you're supposed to be married. That's true. Um, so I married the devil. <laughs> I mean, I just like um, <laughs> it was, you know, I married his child. Right. So um, a lot of um, very very traumatic. Very, mm. And that was, and so I've been by my side. I got divorced about seven years ago. Okay. Um, very traumatic, very, very experienced, but I never stopped working and I never stopped loving God. And mm-hmm. so it's been, it's been a journey for sure over the last seven years of growing and becoming whole and all these different levels of what does it look like to be single and to having to look at myself again. That's you know, dope. The healing process the healing is, process. is ugly. Yes. <laughs> all right. So moving forward, I kind of want to touch on, um, you know, one of the things that I feel is uh, very inspirational and really caught my attention with you is uh, Holy Beans Coffee. Holy I see we got it on the shirt there, you know what I'm saying? Show on the shirt, show on the shirt. So, you know, kind of tell me, you know, how did you come up with this concept? What drove you to that? I mean, we're talking about coffee here. A lot of people is not waking up saying, hey, I want to jump into the coffee business. Yeah. You know, especially in our culture, in our community, right? But you did. Um, so I kind of want you to kind of explain from the beginning, how did this start? What drove you, what drove you to this? And let me know how you got into this business and, you know, give me the ins and outs and outs and the ends. Um, I would say, I think for 2020 was, um, a year that was life-changing, I think for everybody in Mm -hmm. some aspect. Um, me particularly, I would say that COVID was a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Thank God that I wasn't affected by death. But as far as, um, so I worked um, as a human resource manager for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing when COVID happened. And then like George Floyd happened. And so I really started like protesting. And I was like, I laid on the bridge, on the Burnside Bridge when they first did that. Okay. And that was the most powerful, heartbreaking experience I think I've ever done as a mom because and then Ahmaud Arbery ha- happened before that and I just remember walking with my son who is probably going to be about six foot four and um it just changed for me the whole aspect changed and I worked for a company that was ran by three white men Republican men mm. and things started just clicking and nobody ever asked if I was okay when things were happening and white girls were getting hired after me in very low positions and making more money than me. And I would ask for money and we don't have it. And then COVID happened. And so here I am, um, single mom. I've never been on housing. I don't get food stay. Like I don't, nothing. Like I don't, right. I don't work. We don't eat. Right. And so school's going to be out for two weeks. Well, two weeks turned into the whole year. And so I'm dragging my son to and from school. Um, my restitution hit me because remember mm. I got sued by the girl that was in the car with me and I went to court for that. And I was like, Hey, but like I was the bars co-defendant and if they already paid her the same amount of money, like why do I have to pay her again? She already got paid. And I ended up going in front of the same judge that sentenced me. And mm. mind you, when I got sentenced, I went in there in an all red jumpsuit and some gay Swisses and was not very nice. Right. So he just he came in here banging. <laughs> so he just sees that girl. And right. this is 
12 years later. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nope, you're still going to pay it. So now I'm being garnished mm. in the middle of COVID, mm. working for this very Republican company who now I'm starting to be aware of like, yeah, you're educated, but you're the black girl in the corner that does all the payroll and all the hard stuff, but don't say anything that offends anybody. Um, um, and so then I took on a second full-time job because now I'm sinking. My son's home. I have this garnishment. And um, I took on a job at a factory. And when I say mm. that was the most humiliating but humbling experience too. Mm-hmm. And so I would get up at four o'clock in the morning. Well, I would get up at three. I'd have to be there at 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to work a 12-hour shift there. And then I would get off work and I would go home and work the HR job. And then the days I wasn't doing the factory, I would go into the office, drag my son with me. And so by the time November of last year hit, um, I was just like, I have to do something. Like, this can't be my life. Right. And so just to rewind a little bit, in 2019, I was introduced to um, to meditating, mm-hmm. which, um, and I started reading these books by an author called Eckhart, um, Eckhart Tolle. And so I started to become conscious and really, mm-hmm. like, really meditate. And as a Christian, you're like, I can't meditate. And what is that? And what is this? And right. so um, really for me, meditating has helped my prayer life because mm-hmm. now I can sit still and be present in the moment and focus on my spirit and focus on what needs to happen because for a long time I lived in my head right. and it took me a long time to learn that I'm not my mind. My mind is a tool. Mm. And so I, don't, I think if I would have never started operating, being present in the moment because your mind can only identify with what's already happened mm. and worry about what is going to happen and not be present. And so, um, once I started practicing that, I think that kind of was like, well, okay, well, this is what's happening in the present. Mm. So I know that I should be planning for what's going to happen in the future. And um, I ended up working those two jobs. I paid all my debt off, mm. literally, um, in the middle of the pandemic. Thank God my son is very low maintenance and super smart and, right. you know, because never complained. Like everything I ha- I'm getting in this business mm-hmm. is he's the heartbeat and he deserves it. It's kudos to him because. That's dope. There's lots of nights where he probably ate way too much fast food last year. Right. You know, and I probably right. wasn't always nice. And, they, and I, he definitely sacrificed a lot of things for mm-hmm. this business. And so in November, I was like, okay, now I'm debt free. Here I am miserable at my job. And I'm very aware of the discrimination and the racism that's happening, mm-hmm. you know. And what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? And so I went to get my hair done. And I'm sitting there and I'm like. I need to do something like I'm very uncomfortable in my spirit. And like, she's like, what do you mean? Like, and I'm like, not like, like, I'm not sad. Right. I'm not depressed. Like nothing like that. Like I'm very uncomfortable. Like I'm supposed to be doing something. Right. She's like, well, what are you, what are you supposed to do? And she's, she's a youth pastor. So the, she's like, she can speak to me spiritually, you know, mm-hmm. like she gets it. And so she's like, well, what do you, what do you want to do? Like what's your, and so a couple of days before that I had had this like vision of, a little like a coffee cart like I love so in prison I started drinking coffee okay. I like fell in love with coffee and I fell in love with Jesus mm. um and I love spirituality and I just like I love I operate in love and I love love and I feel like right now like I just want to give love to everybody and so I remember like praying and praying and praying that November last year and I was like god like I have all of these like talents and these gifts you know like I have degrees and like, how am I going to help change the world? And I just remember sitting there and my spirit saying, you're not going to change the world with your gifts. You're going to change the world with your love. Mm. And I'm like, 
wait a minute, I used to beat everybody. Like I used to fight and like I hated everything and I didn't, and it was because I cared about everything, right. you know, and that was a defense mechanism. And so I'm like, I want to do this coffee cart. And she's like, we'll do it. And so she's like, like, well, I could put a coffee cart outside my salon. And like, she's just like, go for it. And so I'm like, okay. And it's just this idea of like, and so I go home and I'm like, writing all these names down of these different, I'm like, Grace Coffee, Cup of Grace, like all of these different things. Right. And um, I wrote down Holy Beans. And I said, I had, I actually had my, my Thomas said, I'm going to do this coffee cart. And he's probably, and he's like, okay, you know, but I'm sure he's probably like, Carrie, she, here you go, you know. Right, right. And so I gave him the list of these names and he picked Holy Beans. Mm. And so I just, I remember sitting in my visits with my mom, there's a coffee, there's a coffee cart in Coffee Creek and the girls that have a long amount of time, they can go work there to get experience. Mm. And so I was like, wow, like that would be really cool for me to open this little drive through coffee place, right. you know, that I could hire felons and I could make my own schedule and not have to submit PTO and not have to worry about these white men telling me that, no, you can't have a raise, right. you know, and my son will never have to clock in for people like that, unless he chooses to. Right. But other than that, like you own a business. And um, then I wrote a business plan in January and uh, started kind of talking about it and filling it out. And then I, I would say in February, I started knocking on doors mm -hmm. for people like there's grants and there's this and there's that. And um, I, I, they all told me no. Right. Really, like nobody wanted to help me. Like, um, and nobody really talks about like growing up. Nobody ever talked to me about credit. Nobody ever right. talked to me. That's not taught. It, it wasn't taught to me. Me neither. You know. So now right. here I am. Like I, I literally have cleaned, filed like all this stuff. Um, like no debt, no nothing. But I don't have any credit. Right. I don't have nothing. And so, um, everybody kept saying no, no grants. And I just got. I was really, really hell bent on. I didn't want a loan. Mm. Didn't want a loan. I'm, I'm debt free. Like I don't want a loan. Right. And so, um, my dad introduced me. He actually took my business plan to the man that helped him start his business. Mm. And the guy called me one day, and I was just like, by this time, I probably had almost given up. I'd almost given up. I'm working mm. two full time jobs. I'm working at a factory. When I say a factory, I mean like they're making gummy bear vitamins, and I'm like <laughs> getting gross and dirty and right. having to wear a mask and like mop floors. Like right. it was. You know, and I'm just like, wow, like. Was not your cup of tea. God, this is what I'm doing? Like, right. this is my life? You know? And so, and then, but I've always just worked. And I knew that I was sowing seeds. But I didn't know what it was for. And um, this guy calls me. His name's Sam Miller. And he's like, do you know what you created? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't think you know what you created. And I'm like, I just want to open a coffee shop and nobody wants to give me money and nobody wants to help me. And so fuck it. Mm -hmm. and that was my very first thing with him. And he was like, this is going to be a franchise. And I'm like, dude, I can't even get $20,000 to right. even get a cart. Right. And um, I met with him and he's like, you're going to do you're This is it. And so the whole concept of... Um, you know, I want to hire felons and I want to hire people in recovery because I do have friends that went back because once a lot of them get out and they have kids. So here they are. You have to make a PO happy. You have to try to stay clean or you got to then you got to deal with your whoever has your kid right. to try to get the visits and then try to. And so a lot of them went back and these are good women. These mm -hmm. are women that really got out with it in their mind that I'm going to do the right thing. And um, along the way, you get discouraged. There was many times I got discouraged. Many times, and some people just, you know, and so Holy Beans was thought of, and this man, Samuel Miller, okay, literally, so Samuel? he goes to bat for 
the black community, anybody mm. that wants to get a business and get going, like I highly recommend, like he has advocated for me to the point where um, pretty much all of my funding he found. And nice. when I say more than enough, more than enough. And nice. so um, I originally found this little turnkey, like, Walk in. I think it was like 370 square feet on Mississippi. And I'm like, this is it. It's going to be right. great. There was an apartment at the top. And I was just so excited. And literally the day before I was supposed to sign the lease. Um, and it was kind of weird because it was like two white women had it. And there was just a lot of hoops. They wanted me to like buy these $30,000 worth of equipment that was probably more worth like 15. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I knew I needed to be in Northeast. I knew I needed to come back to the community. And this right. is where I wanted to be. And um, I was going to pay the $30,000. <laughs> And then they could, something else happened, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Right. And I, the day before I was supposed to sign my lease, literally I had already started selling my furniture because I'm going to live upstairs, right. walk downstairs, run my business, be right on um, Mississippi and right by Shaver. Like okay. literally my son what was going to go about? to SCA, SCI mm -hmm. and Boise. Like it was, it was planned. Right. It didn't happen. Mm. And so I sat in my bed. I literally probably for like two days, Jeez. literally, and I cried. And just like then I started questioning like, wow, why would this happen? Like I've worked right. so hard for this. Why would I get to a point to where like my dream is becoming a reality and then it's gone just mm. like that, just like that. Like, and then I have, you go back to like, wow, like I failed, I failed again and now I'm embarrassed and now I'm have to, so for two days I sat and I ate ice cream. <laughs> I watched Greenleaf on Netflix and okay, I moped. That's my show. And, <laughs> that's my show. Yeah. and I, and I had a pity party. I did. I, I had a pity party for two days and, um, my son, he was like, you got this. And I was mm. like, what do you mean? And he was like, because my saying is like, God's got this. God's got us. Right. You know, we've been to a lot of things. Like, I've been homeless with him. I've been right. like, you know, lost a job. And now what am I supposed to do? Like, we've been through a lot of things. And I would always be like, God got it. Mm -hmm. Sitting in my car on Sandy, God got it. Right. And literally the next day or two, like, I would get a house. Like, it was just like this insane mm. stuff. And so, you know, this 11-year-old kid, it's fine. It's going to happen. It's all going to work out. God's got it. Right. Literally. Right. And so I... um called Sam and he's like, Hey kiddo, how you doing? You know? Um, I'm like, I'm, I don't know. Okay. Let's do it. I'm let's, let's do it. What are you going to do? Let's meet tomorrow. And so I met with him and the rent in Northeast. <laughs> Retarded. I think I looked at a place and it was like five grand. Like, it's just, yeah. it's insane. But I, so I knew that I was going to be in Northeast. I knew God gave me this vision and mm -hmm. I had to stick to the vision and I couldn't budge no matter what. Until this day, that's what it is. Like I have to be in Northeast. It's mm -hmm. holy beans. This is what it is. I'm going to hire felons. It's all black. Like I right. have to be in Northeast. And so um, I ended up uh, calling David Ferguson just off a whim. Right. right. And I was just like, and I didn't even think anything was going to come of it, but I was just like, why not? Let's have, let's, let's try it. And I'm like, David, I'm like, Hey, like, do you know of like any commercial space that is in Northeast that could be like in this budget or anything like that? Cause that's not going to happen. Right? right. And he's like, you know what? Meet me on 26 in Alberta. And I'm mm. like, okay. And so I like go there and he's showing me and I was like, oh my gosh. Now this space is what I imagined for my second location. Mm. It's like, it's 1300 square feet. It's huge. It was like a blank canvas. And, um, I was just like in awe. I was in awe. And I was just like, oh, you know, the person did it. Right, and he's right. like, I own it. And I was like, really? And I was like, well, I don't know if I could really afford to be right here in Alberta. And da, da, da. And he's like, um, we went over the lease and all of that. And I was like, 
I want this. Like, I was like, this is, I'm supposed to be here. And he's like, you are supposed to be here. And just like that, like Mm -hmm. he believed in my dream. So, um, and ever since then, like God has really just been positioning people and to just help me and to be there for me. And um, David introduced me to my contractor who's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, He's black. Okay. Um, My next next door neighbor is Damela, who owns DB Desserts. So like you got the the black women taking over the block. Okay, Um, okay, okay. So literally like I am surrounded by amazing black people who want to see me win. Right. And it is just the experience and the feeling and the love and it's genuine is is dope. Like David didn't have to give me a chance. He wasn't. What's what's your credit? Where what do you make every month? Where do you like? He looked at me and was like, "Okay, like I want to see you win, and I know that this is your vision." And I haven't wavered on that. Like I haven't. Like it's happening. That's dope. Yeah, that's so dope. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on here because you got a story. You know, like you came out the mud. I mean, you know, you have a story, and and a lot of people are going to resonate with the story. A lot of people are going to you know, look at this story and say, I see myself at this place and in your story. Yeah. Hoping to get to this place in your story, but don't see the connection. Yeah. So for you to go through it and be to where you are now, you showing them there is a connection and it can connect and it can work. And I think that's very inspirational. And salute to you. Like Thank you. I wanted to get you on there to give you your flowers. Yeah. Real talk. I mean, what you're doing is not easy. If it would, if it was easy, everybody be doing it. Everybody yeah. be in that position, but you have to be resilient. You have to have some patience. Yeah, perseverance. Like it's it's a lot. Discipline. It's a lot, and to have all those qualities and characteristics, and to be able to push forward and move forward, it's not easy. And a lot of people fall along the wayside and never get back. Not you. No, you know you didn't had the hurdles. You didn't. You didn't fail. You didn't stumbled. Um, you know, multiple times. You know, even before you had the idea of holy beans, just going through life and figuring that part out. But yet, what I'm hearing is that you kept moving forward. Something kept you mm-hmm. going. Something inspired you. Something clicked for you. Yeah. And I think that people need to hear that. So when they get those moments where things click for them, they know. Okay. Let me keep going forward. Let me keep going. Even though I know it's getting bad, yeah. let me keep going forward. So salute to you with that. And uh, like I said, I applaud you. But now that we got it, what's going on with Holy Beans? Where are we at? So the we we have the space. Everything's done. The contractor should be done in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. So the goal, I, I was hoping that it would be the end of this month, but I'm learning patience. Right, and right. Things happen um, where we thought we were putting one, the plumbing or the grease trap. It didn't. And so um, things happen and it's a process. And um, I honestly think that it's good because I think that for me, I like instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And so this is another growing, not of only of my stretching my faith and trusting the process because now I don't work for anybody. So that now I've I've never not had a job or I'm a hustler. Like I've never not had anything. And Mm -hmm. so... First, I the first I walked away from that HR job, good benefits, good everything, and I worked at that factory. Mm-hmm. I was getting up at three o'clock in the morning and going to work twelve hour shifts and and still toe boots. Right, they were pink, but <laughs> they were boots. And um, pink, <laughs> but I knew that it was for a reason. Mm-hmm. I knew that I knew I knew what was happening, and so um, now I, I don't work for anybody. So you see all this money going out, and it's right. not coming in, and it's kind of scary, and it's right. in, and it's you're in a vulnerable place. However. 
God just keeps providing and keeps making a way and people are showing up and people are showing up at church and like, Hey, I'm a contractor. You need me to hammer something. Let me know. Right. You know, I have, um, amazing mentors also that took me and my son as a family and he's a mm. tech guy and he's like, all right, where at what monitors you want? What speakers do you want? Where are they at? Like things like my life is so blessed and so full. And so, um, the goal is to be open. My son's birthday is December 20th. Okay. So I would love to just open the doors, not do like the grand opening, do like a soft opening and just right. open the doors on his birthday because ultimately at the end of the day, this is his. Right, right, right. This is his. That's this dope. is his. And for every little black kid that thinks they can't do or woman that has been through anything, like this is for us. This isn't mine. Talk. And I've known that the whole time. Well, at first I was like, this is my coffee shop and I'm getting this little turnkey. And so right. um, it became this huge thing. And Holy Beans is bigger than me. It is bigger than me, which can be intimidating at sometimes, but I am blessed to have a huge, like, support people that tell me, you know, you got this. Look where you come from. You mm -hmm. did this. You, like, I did this, you Absolutely. know, and, and it took, I'm very, um, I don't like to boast, mm -hmm. but right now, like, I deserve this. You do. I deserve this. Like, I have been through a lot. I, I have sowed a lot of seeds for a lot of years. For the last 13 years, I've been mm -hmm. out of prison, jumped a lot of hurdles, been through some trauma and, right. and I survived it all and persevered and conquered and I deserve this. And yeah, so um, it's bigger than me though. It's bigger than me. Um, I want to hire felons, mm -hmm. people in recovery. I've already hired a couple people. It's really pretty dope that I'm the employer, not the employee. Right. You know, so. checks now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's happening. So hopefully December 20th, I'll be able to open the doors, but things happen if it things doesn't, happen. but Holy Beans is here. It's happening. And that's all that matters is that it's here and it's not going nowhere. And, and you know, you got your game plan. It sounds like right now you're in your season and your favorite. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, when you're doing something and you're trying to do your thing and you see other people maybe moving faster than you or things are happening for them, it may not be happening for you. Yeah. You got to understand is that they had an off season as well. It's their season. So, you know, wait for your turn because it will come, but you just got to be ready because if, you're not you might miss the mm -hmm. opportunity yeah uh, absolutely. so yeah absolutely so you know i tell people all the time and when it's your season that's when you go the hardest when you feel everything moving that's when you got to go the hardest i know i don't even sleep yeah. anymore no nah, ain't no sleep I don't, yeah, I nah. don't even, but i'm not tired no of course not like i'm not even tired it's not you know when you, you know get to why? go to work at a job you're like oh, i'm tired nope i'm not even tired i'm up let's do it you're doing what you want to do mm -hmm. what you what you got a passion for what you got a love for and, you know, and, and a lot of people wish they can be in that position. Well, you, you put yourself in that position. Nobody put you there. You did yeah. it yourself. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and that's good because it shows it's doable. Even with myself, like I got things that I'm working on. Looking at your story, I'm like, good, I need to hear that. So I know to keep pushing. Yeah. I see what she's telling me, what she been through and still pushed through. And now she's to where she's at. Okay, cool. I can do it too. Let me let me stay on my path as well. And anybody watching this right now or listening to this right now, it's, it's motivational. Like I said, you got to say you're a walking testimony. You can do it. Sometimes yeah. it's one day at a time. Or sometimes it's one hour at a time. Yeah. You know, exactly. literally like sometimes, time, yeah. Shit, like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it is. It is. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And some days you're going to cry and some days you're not. And, and that's okay too. That's a fact. That's you know, as long fact. as you get up every day and, and you want to keep going for sure. Now I do see that you do a lot in the community. Yeah. Uh, I've, been, I've been peeping that as well. You're doing a lot. You're moving a lot in the community. So tell me about that. Um, So I have like... Like I operate in love. I, I, I love 
For, for a lot of years, I would say that I operated off of self and only me and only I, my, I mattered what I thought, but ultimately I didn't care about me either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, a, I have a huge heart for the homeless people. Um, there's homeless people that know me by name and mm-hmm. every year I take them a, a coat and um, nice. they all have a story. They all have, uh, there's a lady that walks up and down MLK and I met her probably like six years ago and um she don't talk. She's like, she don't talk to nobody, but she'll talk to me and she'll talk, cuss people out and do whatever. And, um, I literally like, she's not, even, she's, it's almost like she's not coherent, mm-hmm. but, um, I put her in my car one day, she got in and I took her to great clips and I got her haircut. And, nice. the, and as the guy that's washing her hair, she becomes like clear and she's talking about San Diego and college and mm. all of this stuff. And, um, then she gets done and she comes to me and she's like, okay, are we, are we going to go? And I'm like, Hey, yeah, let me, let me pay. And he's like, don't pay me. And I'm like, oh, well, why? Nice. And he's like, I'm her age. And I went to college where she's talking about mm. when she's talking about it. And I was like, really? He's like, I was probably there. So as he's mm-hmm. washing her hair, he starts talking to her about like, you know, you can get clean and you can get on and he's in recovery. Right. And so, um, then I took her to McDonald's and literally every time now, like uh, she'll say, can we go to lunch tomorrow? Can we go to lunch? Like, mm-hmm. she's just like, so like, but there were times where I put my drink in a bar, down in a bar. Right. Somebody could have put something. I could be her. I could be walking up and down the street, mm-hmm. you know. And she was a school teacher, and something happened. And she, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's a couple of them. Jerry, Jerry was a, one of the ma- most amazing basketball players that came out of Portland. Something, mm-hmm. somebody put something in in his weed in college, and never been the same. Mm-hmm. So I just have this huge empathy for people because I could be them. Right. I, I could be them, and I feel like I operate. It's a blessing to be a blessing. And I feel like that's why I am where I am because everything is not for me. Right. But if I continue to operate like that, like I'm so blessed because of that, you know? So I definitely like people call me like, hey, you want to come volunteer here? You want to come volunteer? I'm like, yep, I'll do it. Sure. I'll be seeing you. You need everything moving. I'll be seeing you right there. You got your booth. Yeah, you're ready. Mm -hmm. Holy beans is in full effect. I said, look at it moving. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope, yeah. It's nothing like being in the community and giving back and, you know, doing your part. And even, like, say, that's outside of what you're already doing to get your business going. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's crazy. Like, you do a lot. Like, I got to salute you. Because it's just think of how, easy. like, how many people I meet that I can talk to about my story or yes. I can talk. Because a lot of people are like, well, I can't do that. I can't do what you did. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why sometimes not you? Some people got a better head start than what you had. Mm-hmm. And they still, Why not yeah, you? like, listen, I did it from here. You actually a little can start from here and, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it goes. But at the same time, you know, the individual has to be motivated yeah. and, and have certain characteristics. And I'll get my qualities. number out. You need a resume? Oh, I'll help you. I wrote, like, nice. you know, people, until this day, like, different places see my business plan and they're like, oh, who helped you write that? <laughs> I wrote it, you right. know? And sometimes I, I used to be kind of offended by it because a lot of times I feel like, just because they thought, well, you're a felon and you've done this and you that. Like, um, people are very capable. They're mm-hmm. very confident. They're very capable. And so they just need somebody to believe in them. And if true. I can believe in them and give them a job and help them get their kids back and be that bridge for them to go, then go. It's coffee. My turnover rate's going to be super high. You think I don't know that? <laughs> right. Yeah. But if it keeps your PO happy, you get visits with your kid, you want to go to college, do it. Come here. That's I got dope. you. That's dope. So let me say, before we get out of here, like what is somebody watching this right now, a young girl, anybody, guy, somebody going through it, what's some words of motivation you can give them that may be watching this and maybe feeling like, hey, it may be dark and I can't get out or, hey, this is a struggle or this is too hard. Or, what would you say to somebody like that? Mm. 
Trust the process. Mm. I would I would say trust the process. I was after the I would say for a whole year after my divorce, literally every morning I got in the shower and I cried and I talked to God and I got out and I went all my day. And then those tears slowly stopped and you just keep growing, but you just you keep going and and the more you talk about it, the more healing comes. And then your healing turns into power. All of my pain is power. I'm powerful and I know that. So you're powerful too. You just don't know it, you know? The more you keep going, talk about it. Talk about it. Pray about it. Scream, cuss, do whatever you need to do. Just don't stop. And no. you might take you might take a step forward and ten backwards. Keep going. You'll get them steps right back. It's double time. Resilient. Yeah, resilient. Definitely. definitely. Well, listen, like I say, we're here to give you your flowers. We're proud of you. I'm proud of you. I know your family's you. proud of you. Your son's proud of you. Community's proud of you. Um, keep pushing what you're doing. Uh, I can't wait to see what the next step is. We'll have to get you back on the podcast. Yeah. You know, we can follow up with you. And uh, I mean, definitely. And also, how can people reach you if they want to get with you? Social media. My or, social media, Holy yeah. Beans Coffee on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Yeah. And make sure you follow and add. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I enjoyed me. this conversation. We will link up again. Listen, if you're listening to the podcast right now, make sure you follow it right now. Make sure you go follow us at YouTube at Can We Talk Podcast at the YouTube and also on all streaming platforms. We're everywhere. It's your boy DJ Price Miyagi and we out. <laughs>